Hey guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast. So there are almost always like a bazillion valid reasons and excuses not to do something. And really whether or not we choose to make a change is up to us. We can see things as obstacles or opportunities and we can decide that we are stronger than our excuses or they can sabotage us. And often when they do sabotage us, it's because we're not owning our priorities. That's why in this episode, I want to help you embrace the changes, find ways to move forward no matter what, ask yourself the right questions, and even be efficient with your workouts so that you can get in a workout no matter what. Kathy's going to share some great tips even when you're short on time. So let's jump right in. Often we hold ourselves back because we're not asking the right questions. If you think about when we're presented with a new challenge, with our schedule changing, with still having to do a workout, still having to try and hit our macros, what do we first do? We think about all the reasons why we can't do what we're supposed to do. We come up with all the different excuses. We think about all the different priorities that we have. Instead, we need to be asking ourselves one very important question. And that question is simply, what can I do? We don't often ask ourselves that. And it's kind of funny if you really think about it because it's a very simple question. What can I do, right? Instead, we're, we're presenting ourselves with all the things we can't do, all the reasons why we can't do those things, instead of just finding the smallest little change that we can actually make today. And I think that we really need to embrace this perspective. And I understand why we don't. Like, I would do it myself, right? Well, I can't do things perfectly. I can't get in the exact workout I, I wanted. You know, I won't be perfect with my macros. And so there's kind of this feeling of, what's the point? But the point is, is that by doing something, by asking ourselves what we can do, we make that change in change the direction of our momentum, right? If you think about it, if you're saying, oh, I can't do this, there's no way, all of a sudden our momentum is going the opposite way of the way we really want it to go to reach the goals we want, right? But if we say, what can I do? You do that one thing. And then often, especially if it's on a day where you really didn't feel like doing anything, you feel more successful. And that feeling of success makes us want to do more, right? Versus if we don't do anything because, you know, all the excuses mount up, we end up doing nothing. And then the next day we feel like, doing nothing even more because we didn't do anything the day before. And then that guilt starts to snowball and the negative mindset starts to snowball and all the other priorities start to take over, right? So by asking yourself, what can I do today? Even if it feels so small, so silly, almost so inconsequential, and you're like, well, what benefit can this really have? The benefit is, is that it will get you in the routine. It keeps you feeling successful. And I know that feels or sounds so weird, feeling successful, but I think so often we don't really pay attention to how much our mindset can really add up, right? That feeling of success, hey, I did a workout when I didn't want to do anything, when I usually wouldn't have, makes you want to do more the next day for yourself. Versus if we try and force some ideal that's not realistic, six days a week of training, for instance, even if we got in three, we don't feel successful. And by even doing three, we could have felt successful if we said, well, I just want to do three this week, right? But that feeling of not feeling successful, even though we did a lot to still move forward, can make us not do anything the next week because we didn't do the ideal. So I think it's really key that we start asking ourselves this better question of, what can I do? Focusing on the positive, focusing on what we can control is going to move us forward more than letting our brain sort of spiral into all the negative, all the things that we can't do, all the reasons why we can't do them. Okay. So just remember that if you have five minutes, do the five minutes. By doing that even and saying, I can do five minutes right now, you might end up doing 10. You might end up doing 15, okay? You know, maybe you're like, I can't track my macros right now. Well, what can you do? 
What could you do that would still be a good habit to move you forward so that when you are more motivated, when timing is working better for you, you can then leapfrog off of that with a more solid foundation already in place. But ask yourself, what can I do and how can I plan for what I can actually do, okay? What's one small change you can make right now? I'm super excited to be joined by fabulous RS coach, Kathy, to discuss how you can get in your workouts no matter what, because whether or not it's the holiday season, you're getting busy, you're traveling, it's just stressful at work, there is always a way that we can fit in those workouts and really make things work for us. So thank you, Kathy, so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to discuss the workouts and how people can really be efficient with their training. Well, good. Um, yeah. It, it is that time of year. Well, everybody's busy. I always think it's interesting when people say, I'm so busy. We all have those same 24 hours. It's just kind of how we prioritize our time or what we do with it that actually makes it, you know, whether we get things done or whether we don't. So, um, I think programming for what, the time that you have or even seeing what, what is the minimum that you can do to get in to get something done. Um, and to still meet your goals is really kind of what, what, what this time of year can be about as far as scheduling and getting your workouts in. And I think that's really key. What you hit on already is it's finding a way to do something because something is always better than nothing. And if we don't approach it that way, we end up doing a lot more of less. And then we end up really sabotaging ourselves and completely derailing our motivation. Well, that's right. And I have a lot of clients that'll be like, yeah, the day, you know, if, if the day just got away from me and I couldn't get anything in, you know, well, before you go to bed at night, can you do your stretching, your foam rolling, your stretching and your activation? And I know people be like, what does that do? Well, A, it's going to make you feel better, especially if this is after a day that completely blew up on you and, you know, you're stressed and overwhelmed that foam rolling and that stretching, that's really going to make you actually kind of feel good. It's going to take your stress level down. Um, but it's also going to hold your exercise habit because as you're trying to build this, when you let one day slip away and then the next day gets busy and the next day slips away, you're losing that habit. So even just doing that 10 or 15 minutes keeps that habit going so that it's not like, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything. I haven't moved. I haven't, you know, really gotten anything done in any period of time. It does go back to like, the more you do, the more you do. And the more you do of less, the more you tend to want to do less. And we forget it's, too that like, it's not just the actual activity we're doing. It is that success mindset as well. Like if you think about it, it not only keeps the habit and routine, but when you've done something, when you've had a long day, you feel really good about the fact that you, you still do something anyway. You you really do. And you feel better. You feel better overall if you can just stop and spend, if it's 10 minutes kind of on yourself. And I always kind of feel like, you know, not de-stressing, but you know what I mean? Like kind of deflating from the day, like just letting everything else go. So it is kind of going back to that. I also think, you know, we tend to... um like, like I said before, people say, well, what does that do? Something is always going to be better than nothing. And I think too many times we say, I don't have time to get my workout in. Well, maybe you don't have time to get that workout in, you know, maybe the hour long thing that that's your ideal, but you, maybe you can cut that in half. Maybe if you're used to doing four sets of something, you do two sets of something. Um, maybe you, uh, 
figure out, you know, compound movements or, you know, movements that are going to get your upper and your lower body going at the same time. So you're a little bit more efficient. Um, any of that is going to help. And like you said, something is always going to be better than nothing. It's considering the time we do have at points like, yes, you're like, okay, maybe ideally I'd like to go to the gym for an hour, but really today I have 15 minutes. How can I make that 15 minutes work for me and focus on that quality? Cause I do think, you know, like people will be like, but the ideal is four rounds and I only did two. Okay. But you did yeah. two and was it quality? Well, that's going to yield results. Well, that, you know what? And the other thing, like you just said, those four rounds or, or being efficient about it. Um, so if you're used to doing like, I, I usually do this many sets and this many reps. What if you said, I'm going to cut those uh, from reps and I'm going to set a timer on my phone and I'm going to do timed sets. Um, timed sets sometimes can be a little bit more efficient as far as what we get done because we don't stop um, except for when it tells us to stop. We don't stand around in between. We don't, you know, maybe pick up our phone and look at it or whatever. So we, we tend to be a little more focused and get things done. Is that always ideal? No, but you know, that can work for the time that you have available. And then knowing you only have that shorter amount of time, the fewer reps, the fewer sets, you can make the moves hard for what you're actually going to perform so that it's really quality and intentionality that you're getting in with your training. Well, definitely you could, um, change up. If you know, I'm, I'm used to doing four rounds and I'm only going to do two. You could look at adjusting those, uh, the, the weights. You could, like I said, you could look at if I'm going to do lunges, I could do lunges with a shoulder press. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit more packed into that same amount of time. Um, I think that people miss those things and they just think, well, it's not, it's not what I usually do. So I, I don't have time to do it. And they miss out on just maintaining, which, you know, this time of the year, it does become one of those things that you may not always push forward and, and make that because your schedule does not allow for it. But that doesn't mean you can't maintain where you are. And that's a heck of a lot better than sliding backwards as you head into the new year. We do. We think of maintaining a standing still, but it's not. It's creating that really solid foundation. And if you're still continuing to do those workouts, maybe yes, maybe you're not gaining a ton of muscle or it's not, you're not going to see your weights improve like dramatically, right? But right. you're maintaining that previous strength. And so then when you do have that perfect time, all of a sudden you might be surprised by how many like increases you do see in things just because you have that solid foundation. And maybe even with your training, maybe you didn't add weight or maybe you weren't doing as much volume, but you could be more intentional with the movements and focus on what you feel working a little bit more to optimize them. And that like establishing that mind body connection, working on that activation in that way could really pay off to then help you leap forward faster afterwards. Well, and you know, I was thinking about this today, actually this morning when I was at the gym and I was thinking about, you know, talking with you this afternoon and I was doing my activation and it happened to be um, like mini band uh, kickbacks and lateral raises and when I was thinking about doing them, like after I took off the band and I went to walk over to what I was going to do next, like I could feel my rear end. So it is that thing that if, you know what, if you had 15 minutes of, at lunchtime that you could do your foam rolling, your stretching, your activation on something like that, like I felt it just walking away. Like you're going to be more intentional throughout the rest of your day. And you're going to feel that, that, that activation that those muscles are actually working that's a bonus. I mean, that's making the rest of your day a little bit more productive, even if you didn't get that full workout in. 
And going off of that, I want to highlight some of the really key techniques that I think you've already mentioned in terms of creating those efficient workouts. You mentioned time sets, which I think are like an amazing go-to just because sometimes when we feel like we only have 15 minutes, the idea of like writing up a workout and you don't really fully know how long it's going to go, or you're kind of looking at your watch, you're not as intentional, like putting the time circuit in there gives you that finite like end point. right and so it makes you feel more confident and it makes you stay more focused on the quality so the time circuits i love that you brought up like not only compound but hybrid movement so doing like the squat to press or the lunge with like a, a curl and overhead press right those movements right. are very efficient in terms of burning more calories working more muscles in like a short amount of time and then the activation right the more you're intentional with what you feel working the more you can actually engage those muscles during that time to fatigue them so that you have not only the benefit from that shorter session, but even more intentionality throughout your day. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, then the other thing that I think um, in thinking about this that I was thinking about today, and I know you don't like Apple Watches um, or fitness well, trackers. I have one, but, but no calorie burn. My, you, no, I, not for the calorie burn, but I, because we do end up, um, you know, if we know we've got all this stuff after work or we have all this stuff that we can't get our workout in, Listen to your Apple watch when it tells you to get up and just walk around. Because I think that's the other thing when people say, well, I don't, I don't have time to do this or I don't have time to do that. Get up and if you work from home, get up and walk away from your desk, go throw some laundry and go fold some laundry. If you work in an office, get up and use the, go to the bathroom, but go to a, the bathroom on a different floor. Get that, you know, that, that neat, that non-exercise activity going because that's going to make a difference as well in just how you feel when you feel like I can't get that workout in or that workout wasn't enough. It'll just give you that much more movement throughout your day that we kind of tend to lose when we feel like we're so busy and we've got to stay, you know, stuck right here working on our laptops or working on our computers or whatever it is. So I think that's a, another big thing that I think people can really kind of implement to just be like, Oh, I got, you know, maybe it's an extra 500 steps or whatever, but it just got you moving more. I think that, I think that's one of the, my favorite things about my, my Apple Watch is that I do, I get up at the 10 minutes to every hour and walk around and do something little just to get more movement that I don't stay locked sitting down. No, it does. It gets you up and moving. You can do a stretch, you can do the mobility work, you can do activation, but even just sure. extra movement especially during a time of year where it's like not only is it harder to get in the workouts between stress, between travel, between being busy, but we tend to become a lot less active because it's cold, it's darker. We don't just yeah. generally move as much. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, you just brought up travel and that's one of the other things um, that I think this time of year, you know, when people are traveling and they're like, well, I, you know, I, I don't have the time or I, I'm, you know, we're flying. I don't, I can't take, you know, whatever. Um, I don't, can't take dumbbells or, you know, kettle, whatever. I always say, you know, tell, say, take a tennis ball and take a mini band. And you can do so much with that. Even if just the tennis ball, like when you get off that plane and you get to where you're going, that you, you know, sit on it under your hamstrings or you, you know, roll it across your upper back and your traps will go so far to making you feel better and getting you some movement, some activity in. Um, that will go a long way towards just making your whole trip better. It will. And it will make you want to move more because you're not feeling achy and out of it and all those different things. Yeah. But also going off of that, like, I, I love that you mentioned bringing the tennis ball and the mini band. 
because I think a lot of times when we feel like we don't have time because we're not able to go to the gym like we usually would, we think we're not going to be able to push ourselves hard enough. But there are so many ways to get in great body weight workouts, not only from changing range of motion, but like instability. Like we think, oh, basic body weight squat, that's nothing. We'll try a single leg squat down to that chair or down to that couch, you know, use the minivan right. to do that squat with even a sidestep or even like I love even using towels, okay? Like if a lot of the places you'll stay at in Airbnbs, yeah. like different houses, they have hardwood floors, right? Grab some towels. Don't definitely in Airbnbs towels if you're using them, but grab some towels and you can do glute bridging curl, right? Like lunges with that slider, right. basically using the towel, like fly push-ups, so many different things. So it's just almost seeing the opportunity and getting to do something new and maybe even shifting what you're focusing on with your workouts a little bit. Yes. And that you, what you said just reminded me of what I was going to say was, I think that that whole perfection thing, which I had said previously, that holds us back so much. But like you just pointed out, if you've ever done, um, like reverse lunges, like say, or side lunges with a slider and you get that slide, you get that out there and you almost get stuck trying to bring it back in, you know, that it does change your control and your focus. So that when you do go back into the gym, when you do have the weights that you want to use, you do have a different range of motion. You do have a different, um, you do have different strength. You diff- have different stability. And even like going off of that, like I've seen it like with the, doing the push-up challenge stuff, like push-ups aren't the same as bench press. There's a different core engagement. There's different recruitment patterns. Like a lot of the body weight stuff we do will improve our mind-body connection in a different way because it's asking us to move our body in a slightly different way. And that benefit, that neuromuscular efficiency, that like ability to coordinate the movements and recruit muscles to the correct extent only pays off when we go to lift. Like we don't think about strength as that, that neuromuscular efficiency, that ability to like recruit muscles efficiently and effectively. Right. It really is. And so it's almost seeing like this is an opportunity to test out those new things as you're using the time circuits, as you're using new tools, as you're investigating how tempo and range of motion, all those things can play in, or even doing things like the hybrid movements you brought up. And I, I want to go back to those because I think a lot of times people will be like, well, I'm doing a squat to press, but I can't press as much as I can squat. Is that even worthwhile? Right. Um, of course it is. Of course it is. Because like you just pointed out, you're, you're, you're going to be using some different systems or some different efficient that you don't use when you just squat or when you just press, you know, there's obviously a lot more core stability involved there with, you know, balancing those weights as you bring them down, pushing them up overhead as you come up. Um, you know, and, and it's one of those things to me, I always think that what I like about that is that you have to think about holding in your stomach because when you've told me to do two things, now you're telling me to do a third. That's a challenge. That's a challenge for almost anybody to, you know, it's like rubbing your head and patting your stomach. You know, it's multiple things at once. That is so much more efficient and it covers so much more of your body. And it's even got that metabolic benefit. You're going to be working more muscle groups. You're going to see that calorie burn go up. Not that we're seeking to just burn calories in our workouts, but you know, if you are still uh, trying to stay on track and you're trying to build that lean muscle while, you know, maintaining your weight during the holidays when our eating can get a little less consistent, like that metabolic benefit isn't bad. And that conditioning will also help you recover faster when you get back to your gym sessions. It'll also help you, you know, just stay in that conditioning shape as well. So it is really seeing the opportunity and some of the different options. And in terms of that, like any other recommendations you you would make to somebody if they're like, I really don't have enough time, you know, okay, I'm doing the time circuits, I'm trying to do the hybrid movements. How else can they really make those quick workouts work for them? 
Well, if you are like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gym girl. I like going to a gym to work out, but I will, you know, if my schedule really gets busy or if say we were traveling and I know where there's no way I'm going to get to the gym, get home, then get to the airport. I do have, you know, some things that I have at home. I do have mini bands. I do have, you know, some, uh, a limited range of dumb dumbbells. And so I will sacrifice my gym time. And sometimes you have to be willing to do that if your schedule really doesn't allow, but, but getting that workout in is kind of that non-negotiable for you. If that's something has to be done, then you're going to need to give a little, you know, time there. So I will, um, you know, cut back and, and not make the drive to them. I'll stay at home. Um, if I really don't have like that much time, um, I'll get out and walk my neighborhood if, if that's a, a possibility, because that even that gets things moving, gets, you know, it, it clears your head. It, it makes everything else more focused, but I am also a big planner. So when people want to say that they're just too busy, I want to take a step back and say, okay, let's look at your schedule and find those times to put that in. Like it's going to require a little bit of planning ahead. And I know some people, you know, that's not what they want to do, but if it goes back to it's your non-negotiable, then that's what you're going to do. And if you find that time, if you find that time, that hour, that 30 minutes or whatever, and you schedule that in, you put it in, do not cancel. Do not let something else take that time. You don't, you don't cancel on other people when you make appointments with them. You've got to go to the dentist. You've got to go do this. You've got to go do that. You don't, you don't cancel those things. So don't, I feel like you're canceling on yourself. If you've found that time, if you've actually taken the time to plan ahead and you found it, and then you say, oh, well, now I've got to go do this instead, or this has come up like, and in the long run, that just makes you feel worse. Yeah. And I mean, that's a perfect example of often we make the excuse we don't have enough time, but really we haven't planned for the opportunity in our current schedules, whether it's, you know, planning ahead, knowing at certain times of year we are busy. So maybe we do want to have a little like home gym type thing. It yeah. might be a very small amount of equipment, but can we plan ahead even knowing at certain times of year we might need to use that even if we ideally will go to the gym? Can we, you know, just make it that non-negotiable where we're embracing just going out for the walk? Can we schedule it onto our calendar, planning ahead enough that we will then do something at home? Yes, maybe we need to save on the drive to the gym, but by planning it in and making that appointment, can we hold ourselves accountable? Because I do think you hit on something that's so important to remember is that what we prioritize and value, we will make sure to do, right? We will find the time yeah. for. So a lot of times saying we don't have time, it's just that we haven't prioritized or valued it enough. And so by making it that appointment, by setting the time and, you know, maybe you have a gym friend that you go with, but you have to say, hey, we're going to text each other that we're doing our workout at home even right now, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it is, and like, and it does, I think it does more to you mentally and where you are when you say, okay, this is important to me, but I've given that time away again. I mean, I think that will slide you back further just because you're not valuing or, or following through with what you value or, or what you say you value. So I think it's important that if this is a non-negotiable, you're going to find that time. Don't get stuck on being perfect and not and being able to do the perfect workout Cut the, you know, if you've got, you know, four rounds of, of four different exercises, you're doing two rounds of, uh, of those four exercises. And that is good enough. Um, I think we get stuck on it's not perfect. And so I'm not going to get anywhere. And that's just not true. 
I mean, I 100% agree. It, it's not true. And that attitude often holds us back from doing anything because they think that idea that there's something perfect, right? Well, then right. it's not perfect. It's not good enough. But good enough is still going to move you forward. And it's, it. I mean, I know we said this a lot, but it is something like those few moves are still training your body to move better. It's still you doing something. And if you even think about one minute adding up over the days, like even if you just did one minute, that's 365 minutes over the year. And exactly. that might be 365 more minutes than you would have done otherwise. That's exactly right. That you're, you're absolutely right about that. It's, you know, you use that a lot that if you do, if it's 1% better, then it's 1% better. And maybe you came into, you know, you're heading into this holiday season, like, yeah, this is going to be the year that, that I don't, you know, slide backwards and I don't, you know, gain the weight or I don't, you know, um, over, overindulge or I, I make sure I get my workouts in or, or whatever it is. That's a great attitude to have. But then there's also that realistic size that says, you know what? If every year you gain five pounds and this year you only gain two because you kept your workouts in or you did something, you did the minimum, whatever your minimum looks like, then you're still ahead. So you need to embrace that and kind of count that as, as a win. Yes. You've got to see that any little improvement from that time last year is an right. improvement. And next year you can build off of that. But we have to do something to keep ourselves moving forward and having even that success mindset. So we want to do more of what's really going to move us forward ultimately when times are perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for joining me today. These were super helpful tips to help everybody stay on track and stop making the excuse that they don't have enough time. That's right. That's right. We all have the same 24 hours. Often excuses pop up because of what we value and what we prioritize, okay? And if we don't own our priorities, they often become our excuses because all of a sudden you're not gonna necessarily deprioritize your family, deprioritize some of the things you enjoy in your life, right? Just to fit in healthy habits, even though maybe you feel like you should. So if we don't own these priorities and plan around them, them, they're going to become our excuses. So I wanted to discuss not only some ways to overcome some common macro excuses I see popping up, especially when we are short in time, when our other priorities are taking precedent. But I want to make note of three things that I really see most often make or break our success. Okay. So number one, I want you to ask yourself why these excuses are coming and then dive into what you can truly do to overcome them. Because a lot of times we just think, oh, I, you know, I don't have enough time. When you probably don't. But why am I saying that? Okay, am I saying that because I'm trying to force something that isn't realistic for my schedule? Or has my schedule all of a sudden changed and I haven't thought about how I can adjust everything else to hit it? Or am I being, you know, inefficient with my time by not scheduling things into my calendar? What does that excuse really mean and why is it popping up? The more we assess that, the more we can find ways to work around it. But if we just state it as fact without seeing the nuance to it, we can't address what we can actually change in our lifestyle to make things work despite that potentially even being a priority in our life, right? Family life, wanting to go to your kids' games after school, right? These things might not change. How you eat with your family might not change. How you vacation may not change. You, you might not want any of these things to change, but then there are also priorities and things you value. So how can you, instead of like trying to force a mold on yourself that doesn't allow for these things, plan around them, okay? Then 
plan for your excuses by really outlining what has held you back in the past. So not only owning your current priorities, but think about in the past, what has sabotaged you from staying consistent? Because often if we look back and reflect, we can see a lot of ways we can now plan to overcome those excuses, no matter how short on time we are, no matter what's going on, no matter the holidays, right? Because if you, if you even think back, you might think back to last year and be like, oh wow, all the holiday parties really sabotage my consistency and I tried to force myself to do like a mini cut or something really strict with my macros and that just mentally threw me off way more. Hey, maybe this year instead, even though ideally you're like, well, I see how this data balances out. If I eat less during the week, go stricter with macros, then that takes care of maybe the weekend eating. Maybe that mentally though is just gonna derail you, not allow you to be consistent. So you say, hey, I'm gonna instead just always hit a protein minimum, always hit a calorie cap. I'm gonna do less, right? But think about previous experiences you've had, what's sabotaged you, what's challenged you in the past, so that you can really own that and help yourself plan for it, okay? Then do things you don't yet value first, okay? What I mean by this is if you think about it, and I don't value doing dishes, I don't value doing laundry, so if I leave those things to the end of the day, I'm probably not going to do them when I'm tired. That's why the laundry and the dishes get pushed until sometimes I can't make the excuse anymore. So if you think about what you really value, what you prioritize, what you know you'll do no matter how tired you are because you know you need to do it that day, push those things down in the list of what you do in what order on that day. But if you know that your workout, if you leave it to the end of the day, is going to get pushed, uh, if you know that meal prepping is going to get you know not done if you don't do it first thing, do those first or those things first. Because those habits you want to ingrain, if you do them first before you're tired, when you first have that mental focus, when you know the other things in your day you will do no matter what, you're going to get those implemented. You're going to get in the routine habit of doing them. So think about things that you don't necessarily yet value that you know can easily fall by the wayside if you do get too tired and do them first. Because those other things that that won't happen with, you're going to do them anyway. Okay? And then own that it won't be easy, but realize that you can't also make it too painful. So I think we have to partly embrace the suck of change, right? Knowing that change is never going to be easy. But we also have to recognize the mental headspace we are in. During the holidays, we don't necessarily want extra pain. During January, we might be willing to embrace a little bit more pain, right? The pain of staying stuck has to outweigh the pain of change if we want to embrace those changes. So sometimes saying, hey, I can't change the pain of staying stuck, right? I can't make myself more motivated, feel like I need to make this change more, but I can change how painful the changes actually are. Instead of trying to track macros maybe right now, I'm just going to write down my food and hold myself accountable. Or, hey, I'm going to meal prep and eat the same things, even though I'm not tracking because that's easier for me. Or, hey, you know, right now the idea of doing six days a week of training just isn't realistic. I'm going to do three. But think about how you can break down those changes into something that feels more manageable, knowing that, no, it's not ever going to necessarily feel easy, but we can make it feel easier so that we actually take action and move forward. Okay, so talking about these different tips, I now want to break down some common excuses and I'll sort of show you how these then play into how I would make changes around or bust through these excuses. So not enough time to meal prep. Okay, all of us have said this. I have said this. I am guilty of it, even though I'm sitting on the couch on a Sunday when I have more than enough time. All right, but I would ask myself, you know, like, what don't I have enough time for? Okay. And what I mean by this is like with meal prep, like what don't I have enough time for cooking all the meals at once? Do I not have time in the day to cook a meal fresh from scratch for dinner? You know, like what don't I actually have time for when I'm saying I don't have time for meal prep? Because then I can find a way to either do the opposite of that or plan around that. And then even think like, how can I simplify? Can I get frozen meals pre-made? Can I buy stuff from the store? You know, 
as weird as it sounds, you can go get cocktail shrimp from the store. You can go get hard-boiled eggs. You can get Greek yogurt. There's lots of things you can grab and go in a pinch. You know, even like they have pre-made chicken. So you might think, oh, well, this isn't the quality that I would get at home. But maybe that's what you can handle right now to at least move forward and do something and get yourself doing more of the positive things so that you do want to meal prep even more, right? Or that you can find the time at some other time. But this keeps you consistent through those times maybe you wouldn't be consistent otherwise. You know, can you plan in healthier options eating out at restaurants knowing that you're going to be eating out more? Can you uh, uh, bulk prep something and freeze it? Can you get frozen meal prep? Can you use a crock pot to cook so you can sort of set it and forget it during the day? But think about, you know, I don't have enough time, how you can really bust through what is at the heart of that excuse. And then think about ways and ask yourself that question that I asked you at the beginning, you know, like, what is one small change I can make? Think about where are the opportunities in this excuse to find a new way of doing something that meets you where you're at and actually works for your lifestyle. So instead of saying, I just don't have enough time, see what you can do. Okay. Then number two, I don't want to cook multiple meals for my family or eat something different. Okay. This isn't necessarily an excuse we see popping up more at the holidays or busy times. Although if you are busier and you might've been prepping meals for you versus your family, all of a sudden it might not be doable, but this is also a sustainability thing, a lifestyle thing. And you shouldn't necessarily have to prep separate meals. You might choose to, and that might be your balance and that's fabulous. But then think about okay, if this is something that is a non-negotiable for me, having these family meals, and this is a priority, and again, if you don't own your priorities, they become your excuses, can I you know, plan in that family meal first? Can I make small swaps so those recipes my family might not notice that help me hit my macros? Can I adjust my portion and even add in something else to help me hit my macros? Can I find new recipes that my family might enjoy trying that are more macro-friendly? What can I even do earlier in my day to make it easier to work in those family meals without feeling like I have to sacrifice anything? But more, the more we plan ahead, the more we can see the opportunity in this excuse to actually make something sustainable so that we are building those lifestyle habits. Uh, excuse number three, it's too hard on the weekend seat well, okay? I can tell you that weekend eating is still a routine and habit and pattern that I find myself wanting to fall back into as well, okay? Our habits over the weekend are simply different than over the week generally, okay? The more we own this, the more we can plan for it. But really assess even like what patterns and routines make it harder for you to eat well. Is it that you're waking up later? Is it that you're now at home with the, the refrigerator right there? Is it that you're more in party mode? Is it that people are asking you to do more things? Like what habits and routines over the weekend change from your week? that then make it harder? Is it that you don't have the meals prepped already when you do during the week? What is it that is changing, okay? Then how can you even adjust macros or calories to allow for more freedom? So hey, maybe you are trying to find that balance and you're like, I you know, can do these macros during the week, but I can't on the weekends or I can't on Saturday. How can you plan for that and then give yourself a you know, protein minimum or calorie cap or different ratio that allows for some of the freedom that you wanna see on the weekend that you feel like is part of that routine and habit that you even enjoy? And then even assess, like, why do you feel like you want to eat differently? Is it just because it is an old pattern? Is it because you're in celebration mode? Is it even because you felt so restricted during the week that now that restriction is sort of coming out because you mentally don't want to keep pushing the same way? Like, you want to think about what's sort of going on behind that initial excuse. And then think about what balance could be right for you. Can you plan in more things and be looser with your standard of food? Yes, we want that quality. We want those nutrient-dense foods. But by adding in, you know, Rice Krispie treats or a cookie or, you know, the pancake sundae, whatever else it is, can you find that balance that still allows you to enjoy foods but also be focus more on nutrient density during the week? Can you eat even different 
like meals earlier on to account for meals out. So if you like having that Saturday night dinner out, can you adjust, you know, your breakfast to be a protein shake? Can you focus more on maybe chicken and vegetables? Sure, that's not necessarily a meal you enjoy, but does that allow you to strike that balance with that meal out to have that weekend enjoyment, even though your weekend pattern of eating might be different than during the week? Can you even change activities you're doing on the weekend to not necessarily trigger that change in pattern? Because we have to recognize that sometimes it is the pattern that's ingrained and what feels sustainable is what we've always done. So potentially, you know, if you've been used to sitting on the couch, watching more TV and that leads to more snacking, can you go out and do a, well, you know, more active activity or do something where you're out of the house so you're not doing the same patterns that you've always repeated, okay? Excuse number four, I don't always want to feel like the person on a diet, Okay. I can tell you that was a, a big thing for me is I didn't like going out and feeling like I had to be eating, you know, just chicken and broccoli while everybody else is enjoying. And I will urge you to assess why you feel that way. Because I also think that sometimes we are just, you know, we feel ashamed of our goals or we allow peer pressure to get the better of us or we're worried about judgment. So we also want to remember that we're doing this for us. And part of it might be a short-term fix because we know we need to make these changes in order to reach a goal. And then what we do to maintain it will will adjust. But also we don't feel confident in these healthy decisions for ourselves, and we do feel judged. So you do want to remember that you're pursuing what matters most to you. So assessing that with this excuse, I would really urge you to do just because you might find, hey, actually, I don't mind being a person on a diet. This is my own judgment of myself. When I really do want these changes, these changes do make me feel good. I don't want to drink when I go out because it doesn't make me feel good the next day and I want to train hard, right? So I would tell you really assess your mindset and why you're feeling that way. But also realize that with macros, you have freedom to work things in. Finding your specific balance and even planning ahead when you go out, right, to work in meals and look at the menu and see what could really work for you and eating differently earlier in the day to maybe bump protein so you have more carbs and fat. There's so many different ways that you can address this. And you don't have to just default back into old diet patterns. But really assess why you're saying that. And think about even how you're approaching holidays. Because I think a lot of times we feel like that person on the diet because we're like, on Thanksgiving, I can't eat badly. I have to eat well, right? Instead, you have 300 some odd days of the year that you can eat perfectly according to your macros while enjoying those holidays. So if you know a holiday is kind of a non-negotiable for you and you want to enjoy that Thanksgiving meal, maybe you don't track, maybe you don't worry about it. And you know, your results might be slower for a couple of weeks, but that's okay. You're going to strike your balance being really consistent around it. Also knowing that will give you that flexibility to do the day you enjoy and the holiday and the event that you enjoy. So do assess like, is this something that will ultimately sabotage me actually if I try and force myself not to do what I've always enjoyed and that routine and habit and lifestyle balance. So the last thing I wanted to touch on and even with that planning ahead right with Thanksgiving coming up with the holidays coming up plan ahead how do you actually want to like handle them so that you know what you're going to do going in so you could say hey actually I do want to eat healthier because I do want to feel different and this year is going to be the year I'm going to make specific changes or hey no I'm going to be really consistent and enjoy this day but plan ahead because a lot of times when we go in with a set plan we are way more willing to embrace whatever the outcome is we, we, we realize it's our choice right no one's forcing us to do those habits we're choosing to do them and number five I wanted to touch on was I can't hit my macros okay so guys if you haven't been tracking macros before and you don't have the, the results that you want you're not hitting your macros. So that means you're going to have to make a big change. So all of a sudden starting to track doesn't mean all of a sudden we change our portions and how we view meals and how we make recipes, right? It's going to be a learned behavior. I can tell you it took me a long time to learn what my ratios were and what portions I needed. And even now having tracked macros for 
a very long time. If I change ratios and it's a dramatic shift in ratios, it takes them on learning from the portions I'm currently eating. Even if it's technically an easier ratio because I get more carbs and fat and less protein, I have to unlearn the portions that I was doing and implement new portions, okay? So you're gonna have to take some time. And what I always do is I always plan ahead for the next ratio because I wanna know how things work together, how I can really hit it. I can tell you if you are waiting till the end of your day to really figure out what to do, you're going to end up potentially being like, well, now I have a whole bunch of chicken I have to eat to hit my protein, and then you're not going to do it, right? And then you're going to feel bad about not doing it, and then that can create that negativity snowball. So you want to think about how can I prioritize the habit of tracking? Do it first in your day. You know, maybe take some time the night before to plan out the next day. Meal prep in a way that allows you to hit those macros more easily and have all the different components so you can plug and play with stuff. But think about how can I help myself hit my macros by planning ahead? Because it's really, really key. I can tell you tweaking your previous food logs can be really helpful because you can go in and look at each ingredient, see how they all impact each other, see what's higher in carbs, what's higher in fat, and then even higher in protein, and then adjust the portions. Or even say, hey, I'm going to Google a swap for my fruit because, you know, my, my fruit. I'm using all these different tropical fruits. They're really high in carbs, but I really want to keep in fruit. Oh, berries are a little bit lower carb. Okay. I'm going to swap that in. That'll be great in my smoothie still. Or, Hey, I'm going to do half and half and change it up. But you can find little swaps that really pay off by going back to tweak previous food logs. And then also even assess how realistic are my macro numbers for me right now? A lot of times people watch a video and I, I have great videos and I love the ratios I share in the videos, but I'll share ones for fat loss or for a mini cut. And sometimes people will try and force themselves into that when they haven't tracked macros before. And if you're going to be jumping protein by 10, 15%, that might not be realistic for you right now, especially if it is during the holidays and you're not necessarily as motivated versus January might be like, oh, I'm all in, I'm going to do it, right? So think about how realistic your numbers are for you right now in the mindset that you're in and even the current situation you're in. Like what macros are you hitting? If you're hitting 15% protein, 30% might not be realistic. We might even want to get you up to a 30% protein minimum, but 20% might be realistic. 25%, 17%, right? Think about what's realistic for you right now. And then even consider, am I doing too much? Can I simplify my meals? Am I trying to be too complicated with this? The more we assess why we're really struggling with something, the more we can meet ourselves where we're at. Even assess how you've approached tracking macros in the past to not approach it in the exact same way. Thinking, hey, maybe I'm just going to focus on one meal right now and one tweak to that that will really improve my macros. And then the next day I'm going to build off of that. But think in terms of small changes really adding up. Again, it goes back to asking yourself that better question of what can I change today? But if we're not asking ourselves that question, we're not going to really assess our priorities and assess our excuses and find ways to make changes and really realize that we're, we're choosing to make this change, right? So take some time to really assess your excuses and find one thing that you can do to overcome them. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. And Kathy shared some great tips to make your workouts more efficient and keep that motion going in a positive direction because something truly is better than nothing. And while she touched on, you know, using the time circuits for your workouts, using hybrid movements, having the band, the ball that you travel with, even potentially setting yourself up for success by knowing if you can't get to the gym that you're making that appointment and you're having those tools at home. I did also want to touch on something that she brought up, which was moving outside of your traditional workouts. Because I think often what happens is not only do we start skipping our workouts or are less able to be consistent and do as much in them, but then we get less active in general. Part of it's the more you do, the more you do. And we've started doing stuff in 
not as positive a direction, right? So we start sitting on the couch more, you know, it's getting darker, it's getting colder, we feel like being less active, we're not getting up for our desk as much because we're stressed at work, right? We start to become inactive overall on top of our workouts. And that creates sort of that sluggishness that even makes us sometimes skip our workouts more even when we do have the time. So during, you know, this transition to winter, to it being colder around the holidays, I like to think, how can I not only maximize the time I do have to train, but how can I move more throughout the day? So some ideas for you, uh, if you are struggling to be consistent with your workouts or even get moving a little bit more and with travel and such, it's harder to have that consistent schedule. I would say set that one minute mobility challenge for yourself during the day. Maybe it's getting up from your desk even just once. I mean, more frequently, great, but maybe it's getting up once, doing a scapular wall hold or doing a chest stretch or stretching out your hips. But even just set a timer for one minute on your calendar and then get up, do it for one minute. But that movement and that reminder to get up it makes you want to get up more. It makes you want to do more, right? The more you do, the more you do. And the more we're moving around, often the more we want to move around. It's why you might find during the summer, it's really easy to go get your workout in, be more active, do other things outside, right? Because you're moving. So the woman mobility challenge is one of my favorite things to sort of give myself during the holidays, during the colder season, because it gets me up and moving. I also like to set a skill to work on because this motivates me to want to go into train. I think a lot of times, you know, especially if our goal is weight loss or even gaining muscle, we can get a little burned out on that sole focus in our workouts. So I always like to have a performance focus for my, my training as well. But I think even having that skill work where potentially some of the sessions can be five minutes to just work on that skill or mobility work to complement our work on that skill. Uh, it can be very, very helpful to get us doing something in a day where we might otherwise not do anything. It can also give us that added motivation to do the training sessions when we can, but it gets us moving. It gives us another focus that's not necessarily uh, something we've become demotivated from because we're having the, ho the holiday eating or the less consistency there. And a lot of times we can work on even body weight skills. And so we can do that at home or when we travel. Then even find activities to get you up and outside the house. You know, maybe it's even simply going shopping, right? But think about ways that you can get up and out of the house and get moving a little bit because it will help you stay more motivated and even want to do more of the other good things for you in terms of eating well, in terms of going to the gym when you do have time to train. But think about activities you can even try out. Maybe it's going ice skating even or skiing or maybe it's trying, you know, a new sport otherwise. But think of ways to get yourself up and out of the house when it's so tempting sometimes to cut on the couch. And then think about how you can even do just like five minutes of training on those days when you're super busy. And on those, those training sessions where you have five minutes, I would even tell you if you're feeling really de demotivated, don't set it to be like a hard cardio workout. And I've, I've shared some great five minute burners, uh, like five minute fight round, uh, in one of the other podcasts that are very challenging sessions that you're going to really feel the blood pumping in just five minutes. But if you're not feeling motivated to do anything, even just do five minutes of mobility work. And the reason I mentioned that is because that can become your warm up. And a lot of times once we get moving for the five minutes and we start to feel a little bit better, we want to do more. So if you've used that five minutes to do that warm up, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, I just did the five minute warm up. Now I'm going to add on that actual five minute fight round and then I'll do a little cool down and all of a sudden you have 15 minutes, right? So if you really feel like doing nothing, treat it as well. I'll even just do five minutes of mobility work, knowing that a lot of times that turns into a warm up, warm up to a longer workout. Okay. And the final tip I want to give you with this, just to get you moving more outside of even the training sessions and even encourage you to embrace those training sessions more is set an alarm to get up and move. We need those reminders. Okay. I can tell you the more you do, the more you do. And so when we get into that work and we're just focused on that work, we can sometimes get stuck in that. So if you set those counter reminders ahead of time and plan them out, maybe you even text a friend and say, Hey, did you do yours too? 
that can really help you. But set those alarms to give you some accountability and that little extra push to do what will make you feel really good. And the more you do that, the more you feel successful doing that, the more you're going to want to do it. And all of a sudden you'll be doing it even when your alarms are not going off. But remember, it's not always about just trying to get in the training sessions. It's about doing more of the healthy habits that keep us in that positive flow and keep our momentum going in the right direction. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Fitness Hacks podcast. I hope these tips not only helped you design efficient workouts when you're really short on time, but find ways or see ways that you can bust through some of those excuses because we have to remember that if we don't own our priorities, they become our excuses. And while a lot of our excuses are valid, there's always a way that we can ask ourselves, what can I do today to move forward? So find those small changes that you can make because that's gonna help you feel successful. And the more you keep pushing forward, even if it's not your ideal, that, that something is better than nothing and it will ultimately allow you to keep leaving forward when you do find that motivation hits again.